M&M's minis. They're M&M's, just... We should file a claim. Just did. I don't think that the future that the Disney company is building today is the future that Walt Disney dreamed of. I think that it's the future that's actually only being dreamed of by a tiny segment of radicalized, extreme left. I don't think that your average Democrat once their kids having those values inculcated in them. I don't think that anyone in this country wants it except a tiny minority. So let them spend all of their money alienating everybody. We'll be over here waiting. We'll be challenging them in commerce. We'll be challenging them in news and commentary. We'll be challenging them in entertainment. We'll be challenging them in kids content. We believe in our Daily Wire audience. We believe that they will subscribe. In fact, if you're watching right now and you're not a dailywire.com subscriber, I'm asking you, not for a donation. I'm asking you, not begging. 
I'm asking you, go buy something, something of real value. Go buy a membership to the Daily Wire. Go buy a membership to Jeremy's Razors. Put your money where your mouth is. Come take part with us in building the future. In fact, if you go to dailywire.com slash build the future right now, you can become a dailywire.com member. If you want to, because I know the price is high, if you want to save a little money, you could use promo code build the future and we'll give you 45% off. Or don't, because we need all the money that we can get. What is it worth to you? What's it worth to you to have content that you can trust your children with? What's it worth to you to have? Those crazy nights I do remember in my youth. I do recall those were the best times, most of all. You must hear where the blue jeans go. Burning love can watch it a lifetime. She found the same body Ooh, I didn't close my eyes. We got right. 
What's up? What's up, guys? Give me one sec. Let's see. WBSN or no? No. Nope. 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 All right, I'm gonna check your Facebook feed when it goes live. Well, I'm not gonna do it on Facebook. I'm gonna do it on YouTube, so Sly can go ahead and share it out. We're gonna try that. Uh, it's about to start. Hold on, I'm looking for my little book. I'm missing something. I don't know what I did with it. Oh, there it is. All right. Um, yeah, so that's about to start up, and we'll get going. Um, let's see. It's not letting me see my camera, but that's all right. Go live. Well, my camera looks a lot different when I'm live on YouTube, but that's all right. Um, so, yeah, we are live on YouTube. Um, Sly, if you need me to post a link, can do this. Go on YouTube here. Um, also, just search Real Conservative Talk on YouTube. Yep. So, this is going to be a continuation of the show... I just did with Saul Blue's sister. Now, if you didn't um, see that, it was a great conversation, I feel like. And if Saul Blue's sister wants to call in and join in on this one, she's more than welcome to. I I thought the topic was definitely a good enough topic that I wanted to also have some of this content on my channel as well. And I feel pretty strongly about it. And what it is is it's uh, transgenders participating in women's sports, especially at the collegiate and professional levels. And I'm going to break it down. And I know a lot of the people that are listening will probably agree with my opinion. That's fine. Hopefully some don't, you know, I'd love to find uh, someone that doesn't to come on here and debate it, but I've yet to do that. So to start off, uh, for those of you that don't know, Leah Thomas, she is a swimmer, transgender swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania. It's an Ivy League school. For the first half of her career, she competed as a man on the men's swimming team at the University of Pennsylvania. And I want to say this, if you're playing sports in college, be it an Ivy League school, 1AA school, 1A school, whatever, you're you're a good athlete. Okay, so this isn't knocking on Leah Thomas and the you know, they, them, her, whatever ability to swim or anything like that. But she was, while on the men's team, I believe ranked in like the four hundreds around the entire country. Um she just won a national title in swimming you know, in the women's section, like in the women's uh, division. So, obviously, there's a major difference in the level of competition between the men and the women, but there's also a major problem now because there are certain provisions put in place. Title IX, right? We, we often hear this. It is put in place to ensure that women have 
the same opportunities, especially at the collegiate level with sports, to compete. And in the name of equality, the NCAA is allowing the intrusion of a policy that was meant to promote equality and is it is ridding it so it's always about okay the most minority group we need to make sure that they have opportunity but they don't care what the opportunity is it's not you know okay we want to make sure everyone has the same rights like human rights and and you know god-given rights and alienable rights given to them by the constitution no that is a lot different than the privilege to go and compete in a sport, especially at the collegiate level. It's not fair, and there's nothing equal about it when you're allowing a man, especially a man who still has their man parts, to go and compete with women. It's almost disrespectful. It is disrespectful. There's no, no way around it. It's disrespectful. And it takes away a lot of opportunity from women that have worked their ass off from the time that they grew up until they're going to college. I think a lot of people that are making these decisions for them to go and compete never played a fucking sport in their life. I, I truly believe that because if you did, then you wouldn't be on board with this. I don't think I have yet, other than someone who is uh, a transgender, that has been okay with it. Exactly, Richie. Even people like Caitlyn Jenner, who's also trans, disapproves of, of trans men competing against women. Uh, so, so Saturday Night Smoke says, who should be making the decision? Uh, the NCAA can make the decision, but they need to be logical about it. They Here's the thing is it's all about... Okay, let me think of how I want to say this. The NCAA or the people that have made the decision to allow this, they're not going off of science. They're not going off of logic. They're going off of, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We don't want to have protests. We don't want a bunch of trans people out here protesting, you know, because we didn't allow them to compete. And by doing that, you're screwing uh, who, you know, the, the people that actually make up the majority of our population. Because, again, I believe there are more women than men in the United States. You're screwing them. For less than 1% of the population, you're telling basically 50 plus percent of the population to go fuck themselves. And that's how I see it. I feel strongly. I'm going to speak a little more stronger about this on my own show than I did on Solid Blue Sisters show. Now, again, I got my point across, I think, in her show as well. But I'm really going to go into this because it is frustrating. I played Division I football. Okay? The only level higher is the NFL. I didn't play in the NFL. So I made, you know, to the second highest level. I know the work it takes. I know the time that athletes put in, especially at the collegiate level. I know how competitive 
it is at the collegiate level, but I also know that it's about money and is a money-making business. And the coaches make decisions based on what is going to keep them from getting fired. A lot of these coaches make a lot of money. They do well. Not all of them, but a lot of them, especially when you talk about basketball and football. And, you know, if it's all about winning and it's all about, you know, getting a crowd, it's all about um, just being successful, you're going to, the coach is going to act and try and use every available resource at their disposal to win. That means if there's a transgender athlete that the NCAA has just allowed to compete against women that they know is going to go out and dominate, they're going to give that person a scholarship and let them go compete because they're going to win. And for every scholarship a transgender has is one less scholarship that's given to a female athlete. There are not unlimited amounts of scholarships. There is literally a set amount for every sports team. Title IX makes sure that women get the same amount of scholarships that men do at a lot of these at these schools. In fact, a lot of times, women's sports get more than the men's sports. Again, football does not count in this equation. Okay? it's that it, You take them out. They don't count. But for every man that converts over, it would free up a, a man's scholarship. You're right, but that's not that's not the point. It, men never had a problem, right? They didn't implement any legislation to make sure men had equal scholarship rights. That's what I'm getting at, Saturday Night Smoke. It's completely different. Men's sports have always been there. They've always been given scholarships out. Women had to go and actually fight for the, the equalness. You know, hey, make sure that you're giving women's sports the same opportunities as men's sports. Title IX has nothing to do with men. All right? That's the difference. Because women, men's sports never had this problem. You can free up scholarship for men all day. It's not a big deal. But when you're allowing men to go and, um, and take a scholarship from a woman, the woman has no chance to overcome that. Like there's no, she can't compete. That's the difference. You have to understand a scholarship is not just the opportunity to compete in sports, but it's also the opportunity to receive a great education that can set them up for life potentially. So you're taking away far more opportunity than just an athletic one. You're also taking away the academic side of it. That's a a hundred plus thousand dollar tuition that you're costing a woman in order to please less than 1% of the population. What's up, Raccoon? It's a serious problem, and I do have a serious issue with it. Again, going back to the statistics, I looked this up earlier. So, again, we all know who Florence Griffith uh joiner is flojo most this is the fastest woman of all time she has the 100 meter record for track and she also has the 100 meter the 200 meter world record for track her 100 meter record is a 1049 now there's a lot of argument that it was wind dated but it's a legitimate record that they have on the books 1049 
Her 200 record is uh, 21.34. This year alone, in the state of Florida, for high school, boys, and it's the beginning of the track season down there, so usually they get faster as season goes on. So far, there has been four boys that have run faster, four high school boys that have run faster than the women's world record of 10.49 in the state of Florida alone. Um, in the 200 meters, there has been, I believe it was the same amount that have run faster than the women's 200 meter record in the state of Florida. The fa- in 2021 for boys age 15 to 16. So we're talking about freshmen and sophomores in high school. The fastest time was 10.51 seconds and the fastest 200 meter time was actually faster than the woman's world record time and it was at 21.10 a 15 or 16 year old man or boy in high school that's not even done developing ran faster than the woman's 200 meter world record that has been that has held for over 30 years in 2019 at the new balance national high school track meet there were five boys that ran the 100 meter faster than the women's world record. There were um, eight boys that ran faster than the uh, Olympic record set last year by Thompson Hurrah, the women's world uh, Olympic record of 10.54. There were eight boys and that one track meet alone. That ran faster than that. There's also eight boys that ran faster than the 200 meter women's world record at that one meet. These are high school boys. These aren't college. These are high school. These aren't pros. High school. Uh, Shakari Richardson, at her peak, who was the fastest woman in the United States leading up into the Olympic trials. I think her time was like a 1071, 1072, something like that. I looked it up. There were last year over 800 high schoolers, high school boys, had run faster than the fastest woman in the United States that at the time was favored to win the gold medal in the Olympics. 800 high school boys. A lot of them were sophomores and juniors, not even 18 years old yet. The numbers don't add up. It is not. The science isn't there yet. And I know uh, Solid Blue is going to come back. The left, all right, because it's usually the left that seems to favor the idea of them having these opportunities. Always talk to us about the science. Trust the science. Go off the science. You're ignoring the science. They said this all throughout COVID and all that stuff, but they don't want to fucking trust the science when the statistics are literally undeniable when it comes to trans athletes competing against women. Um, it's, I have yet to see an argument that shows otherwise. I've yet to see any data that shows otherwise. People say, okay, Laurel Hubbard, who was the Olympic powerlifter, who was a man transitioned to a woman, and compete in the Olympics, the first transgender to go and compete in the Olympics. They said, well, she didn't win the Olympics. You know why she lost? She got the first lift. She didn't have the form. She messed up on her form. She beat herself. No one beat her. 
It was a technical loss, not a strength loss. She was favored to win by a lot. Um, by the way, she was also two times older than the other girls she was competing against. If that just doesn't show you right there, there is not 45-year-old powerlifters competing in the Olympics. That I know of. So, and what bothers me even more is there was a woman, uh, Semenya, from Africa. She tracks, she's an 800-meter runner. She was born with a condition where her body just naturally produces too much testosterone. She doesn't manipulate it, nothing. She is a woman, a biological woman. Her body naturally produces too much testosterone. The Olympic Committee said she needed to take estrogen and try and reduce those testosterone levels or they were going to force her, I think, either to compete in a faster race, like 100 or 200 meters, which is extremely difficult to do. Uh, What they ultimately ended up doing was not allowing her to compete at all. So they want to allow a woman or a... um, someone who's claiming to be a woman who still has man parts to compete in the Olympics and compete in the NCAA, but they don't want to allow an actual biological woman who naturally is producing a little more testosterone than the average woman to compete against other biological women. So we want to deny nature, but it's okay to allow someone who has manipulated themselves to go and compete uh, against a less physical human. Am I missing something? I must be. Does science only apply in some areas but not others? Is that what this is? Are we not going to be consistent? Uh, No, you don't, John. Why my next question, why don't you see um women who are converting over to be a man competing in men's sports? Why is this not a problem going the other way? Because they physically haven't developed to the point where they can do that. They can take testosterone for 30 years and they still will not be able to compete at that level. Again, it's just mother nature. It's when it comes to athletics, a lot of it's hard work, a lot of it's God given. I wasn't able to go play in the NFL, I didn't have the ability to. I'm fine with that. Should the NFL start mandating that that they allow me uh and other lesser physical humans to go and compete in the NFL in the name of equality to give everyone a fair shot? No. It's not fair. There's nothing fair when it comes to that. Some things in life just aren't fucking fair. And instead of trying to cater to people and make it seem like everything is fair, we need to actually be real with them and say it's not. Go find something else. It's a simple solution. Give them their own division. We talked about this uh, in Saul Blue's sister show. Just give them their own division. Allow them to compete against each other. You have men's sports, you have women's sports, you have transgender sports. Fine. I'm okay with that. 
Let it prosper. Let it fail. If people want to watch it, they'll watch it. If they don't, they won't. But don't start taking away, um, you know, opportunities from women who have spent, you know, 15, 20 years by the time they get to college playing that sport who, you know, and has done everything that anyone has ever asked of them to receive a scholarship. Don't take the opportunity away from them. I mean, could you imagine if LeBron James, you know, became LeBron say James and fucking started putting up 500 points a game in the WNBA because he only took, you know, nine months of estrogen therapy. He's still 6'8", runs like a deer, and can do backflips while dunking. It wouldn't even be close to being fair. He made Brittany Griner look like a freaking slum. Come on. I'm not trying to joke about it, but it's, it's really a big joke, and it's making a joke of women's sports. It's sad, too, because, again... A, an athlete, especially an athlete in the higher levels of college, and I would even say even one at an Ivy League school where they're, it's so demanding academically and they have to put so much time into the academics plus the same 20-hour weeks that's going into the sport. It's more than a full-time job being a collegiate athlete. It is far more than a full-time job. And... You know, the there is a lot of hard work that goes into it no matter what sport you play. It's not just the football team that works hard. Those girls on the soccer team are out running 40 to 50 100-meter sprints a day. You know, they, they work out twice a day. Get up 5 a.m., work out, have practice at 3 o'clock after the classes. They're traveling two or three times a week to play games. And we're not talking about traveling to the next town. We're talking about flying four hours to go play a soccer game and come back that same night, only to get on a plane and go fly somewhere else to play another one. There's a lot that goes into this, and there's a lot of dedication, and you're basically saying, too bad, the man's better and we got the okay for him to come and compete. It's not fair. It's not equal. And it goes against the whole Title IX thing. So, you know, it, it, I see a huge problem with it. I think I have a huge problem with the NCAA making the ruling that they've made. And then I saw an article just after we got off a of Saul Blue Sister show. Uh, basically, the NCAA is going to double down on allowing them to fucking compete. They just got to show a little more documentation about their therapy. And their levels. They got to show, like, they got to test once after six months and test later on in the year or something like that. Make sure their levels are good. Fuck their testosterone levels. It's By the time you're in college, it's already too late. You've already grown up as a man. You've already developed as a man. Leah Thomas is like 6'4", built like a freaking NFL receiver. <laughs> Just got the hair grown out. Hell, Leah Thomas still has her nuts. And from what I hear, still dates women. So she walks like a man, talks like a man, fucks like a man. But the NCAA says it's a woman, you can swim with them. 
What kind of shit is that? That's not that's not right. We need to draw the line at people's uh you know on at what's right as opposed to making people feel happy. I think Raccoon has a good um uh phrase he always uses for that. What is it? You know, your my rights don't stop where your feelings start or something like that. You know, basically like who cares it you know rights are meant to be rights regardless of what anyone thinks about it. Would we not agree there was a lot of racist white people in the South when they eliminated the uh, Jim Crow laws? They didn't care about that, right? Why? Because it was the right thing to do. Because the rights of people and the equality of a group of people was far more important than how the fucking white people felt about it. This is no different. I don't care how 1% the transgender community feels about this. It's not fair. It's not right. It's not right. And I challenge anyone who thinks it is to come on here and and tell me why it is. Because I have all the numbers in the world to show you it's not. By the way, we brought up the Fallon Fox thing. Uh, I believe Fallon Fox is a UFC fighter, though, not a wrestler. What's up, Saturday? Hey, Michael. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so I, I don't agree with you 100%, probably not even 5%. But That's so okay. you got all the numbers. So how many transgender athletes, uh, women, have scholarships in the NCAA? Well, the only one I know of that's competed is the Leah Thomas one, right? Now, I, there, I do know there's a few in high school that yeah. uh, in track and stuff. But as far as the ones that I'm talking about is the Leah Thomas, right? Yeah. Um, and now I will say she's at an Ivy League school. So she's yeah, probably no, on an academic scholarship, not an athletic scholarship. Yeah, but yeah, I was just going to mention that they don't have um, athletic scholarships at the University of Penn. Yeah. No, I'm uh, aware of that. Yeah, no, I'm but, sure you were. So, I, so when you say oh, she's taking away a scholarship from someone who worked really hard I, i'm not just but she's still that. taking away a spot on the, she's still taking away a spot on the team because you're you have roster limits too oh ab- absolutely and and so i i guess it goes back to my first thing is somebody's got to make mm-hmm. the rules right and mm-hmm. we don't all necessarily agree with all the rules all the time but eventually things get sorted out the right way so we may disagree with the rules today but eventually they may change and you know they may be more in like liking to what you know should be happening and i i would say this like i don't know what your feelings are about like gay marriage but should should gay people be allowed to be married so i think that that gay people and this is just my opinion right this kind of yeah uh is, I've always thought the term marriage is between a man and a woman. Now, I do think that if you're gay and you want to have that relationship, they should get all the benefits that comes with being married, the partnership benefits, all of that stuff. They should not be um, limited or anything like that. I just think the term marriage is between man and a woman because marriage is a, it's supposed to be a religious thing, not a government thing, right? So 
uh, that's kind of my feeling on it. But if you want to go and do that, that's fine. I'm fine with allowing them to have the same benefits. Let them, you know, have be the beneficiaries on the life insurance. Let them get the social security when they die if they're they've lived together and had that partnership and having an official partnership. I have no problem with that. You know, just the uh, institution of marriage, to me, is just it's it's between a man and a woman. So just that term and the way what you call it is different. Right, but you would you would agree that the government has um, taken that term, and I don't know, I don't know what the right word is, but they've they've they made it a mess. They've made it a mess. Yeah. To, to your point yes. about the benefits and stuff, so it's it's not just fair to say they should get the benefits, but I don't want them to be considered married because the government is involved in it. So yes, it's it's similar. To in this, in that, in the respect about what you're talking about here is, the NCA is involved with it. You can say, and you can have the opinion, and I, and I, I don't disagree that, you know, th- there's something just kind of needs to be worked out. And I think I, I personally think the NCA is trying to do the best that they can. I don't think that they're necessarily trying to appease the one percent because the NCA is just like the Olympics and just like FIFA, all they care about is money. So that is true. Right. So if, if I guarantee you, if saying, Hey, we're not going to allow any transgender people made them more money, that's what they, you know, would do. Right. So, well, so me being a part of the NCAA before, right. Like not being a part, not working for them, but working in that, you know, underneath them being, uh, held to their, stand you know their restrictions and everything as an athlete a former athlete the ncaa does do certain things uh and we actually saw this with the blm stuff they push a lot of the blm stuff um on schools too and and things that they did so they do have an agenda now that was a lot much larger population than the trans community right but they do have an agenda in the social justice uh, ideology and all that they do because the NCAA is not a government institution. It's a supposed to be a nonprofit, but it has some of the same ideals that our universities have, which we can obviously see that, you know, it's pretty one-sided with, with their political views and, and societal views too. Um, there is an agenda there. What do you mean it's one-sided? Well, most of our, our universities are extremely liberal. Would you not say that? I wouldn't most say that. Most professors are and everything. I, I wouldn't say that. Um, I, I think it's – I don't think people in education necessarily consider themselves political because I think you're looking at it from a political standpoint. Mm-hmm. I, I think – and I and I have some relatives who are professors, and mm-hmm. I have – I'm not talking know, about all of them are, now. Yeah, no, I, yeah, and yeah. so you're talking about like, you know, the majority I say a, a, a majority, definitely a majority. Um, and because I it's. Was, I'm older than but, you. So I, I'm older than you. I'm 50, right? So I, I'm imagining mm-hmm. you're, I don't know, in your 20s or 30s. 29, yeah. 29, yeah. So I, I'm older than you. So you're seeing kind of what, what's happening now. I'm mm-hmm. taking my perspective to back when I was in college, and it was totally different, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like yeah. everything else things change, right? So you're looking at the time capsule of today where things are kind of more out there about the, the liberal mm-hmm. thing or whatever. 
I guarantee you, when I was going to the University of Texas in 1990, nobody was for gay marriage. Um, yeah. You know, they, as a Hispanic person myself, it was, you know, I certainly didn't feel I was looked at the same as some of the uh, the white students that were in my, that were in my engineering classes. Um, I think that they had certain advantages that I didn't have. And, and I'm not saying that that was, I'm just saying that's how it was. I'm not saying that's, you know, right or wrong or indifferent or whatever. I'm just saying that's my experience. And I can tell you that I've mm -hmm. gone to talk to those professors back when I was in college. And I, I would venture to say, I, I'm not sure I ran across a liberal, a liberal professor. Mm -hmm. you know? I was, so, I was blessed in my, when I was at MTSU. Now I still live right off campus, right? And I'm there all the time. My brother plays football there now. So I'm, I, I kind of have a good idea on what the, the campus is like now. What I'll say is there's even a major difference in the progressiveness of when I graduated to now, a substantial difference. And I graduated in 2015. This has been a developing trend recently because a lot of the stuff that like my brother, Kyle, when he comes home and says they got to do, uh, some of the stuff that they're doing in his business classes, uh, as far as like um, racial training, like the on what to say, what not to say, never, ever, ever, ever was brought up in mind, right? I was also blessed. I have an economics degree that most of my economics teachers uh, did a great job in being neutral and just explaining things. But I did have a couple that were one-sided. Now, I had some business teachers that were one-sided, never leaning conservative they always lean liberal now in my where i think you start to see it more is your like um liberal arts classes uh more of your kind of core your you know basic mass your Englishes, your not so much your histories maybe sometimes but a lot of those other classes you got to take to get into your majors and then depending on what major you go into it also depends on i think where you're at like you were in texas i was in tennessee we're still in the south right uh you go up north you go just anywhere else hold on I got... yeah no I, I i got you um raccoon popped in raccoon hello yeah one of the things i would like to point I've... out about it what's been going on for the last uh six years it's all to help destroy the the rights of people you have a few people who demand that they're treated differently because of what they address themselves as and i don't say identify i say address themselves as okay and if you don't go along with their little thing in some places you can be arrested as a hate crime now like he said earlier, my rights don't end where your feelings begin. And no person on this, on this country's land should have to worry about that. But we are forced, we are forced to abide by a few people who can't make it any other way but to transition into women's sports or women's study by saying they're transsexual or whatever the heck it is they, they call themselves then they go into the gone bathrooms and 
rape kids and they get off easy. Okay? This is the downgrade America. The downgrade our constitution. Everybody is supposed to have equal rights. But there's a few people running around of all different kinds who demand everybody bow down to their every whim and wish and identification and whatever else, religions. And it ain't supposed to be that way. We all have an ability to take care of this crap, but we have to sit there and cower down to a few. And they call it democracy. <laughs> We're republic uh, people. Um, now, I want to say this. Everyone should have equal rights, right? And, and something that came up on the last Unsolved with Sisters show when it came to the rights was, well, wouldn't equal rights also mean that the tra a transgender has an equal opportunity to compete in the sport where they are competitive in? No. Equal rights, uh, uh, it was Chill Will. I don't know if you guys have seen him in the show, but if you've been to Solid Sister show, he's he's in there quite a bit. He uh, said that he thought that they would argue if this came up and they were arguing on whether or not you know to allow transgenders to compete or not, that they would bring up uh, Jim Crow and how making um, transgenders have their own event would be Jim Crowish because it's separating and segregating them, but it's not. Right, because, like I said, there, a black man and a white man are just as competitive with each other. There's no difference. It's just the only difference is the color of their skin. Same thing with the black man or a black woman and a black and a white woman or a Spanish woman. Right? There's no difference there, other than the color of their skin. Um, but when you start talking about you, we segregate men and women from competing, right? Because there's a true physical difference just like there is with transgenders. Uh, it's not the same. So there's, you know, there were a few arguments that could have been brought up to be made against this, but it just doesn't seem logical to me. Uh, so did you have something to say? I'm sorry, did you call on, on me? Oh, oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, just so everyone knows, um, I am a liberal. Um, I do vote blue. And when Chilwell said that, I did push back because I did disagree mm -hmm. that the whole Jim Crow thing with transgender is is wrong. Um, and as I said on, on my show, um, and, and actually it was Michael's show because he did a really, really good job, whatever. Um, you know, I disagree with transgenders being able to come in and say that we want this and we, we want that. I think especially transgender women should not be competing against biological women. It just isn't fair. And the only thing I can keep going back to is Fallon Fox, that when you crack another woman's skull um, and cause her other other things um and you you know just do other things to her that normally would not have happen when you're wrestling another woman there's an, an issue and i think that transgender women mainly women should should compete against themselves period so well i want i want to say this uh, uh 
And I want to clarify this though. So when you get into a sport like what Fallon Fox is in, it's a it's considered a combat sport, right? Uh, like they're fighting, and and there is the risk always that someone can get hurt or die. But what Saul Blue Sister is correct about is that risk is ex- is magnified, you know, tenfold when you have that physical difference. By the way, if you've seen a picture of Fallon Fox, you're gonna look like a Norman uh, a normal uh, woman. <laughs> she is freaking roped up. And we have to draw the line Wait, somewhere. Michael, can right. I also just also point out that Fallon Fox is also the one who has been accused by other women of going into the women's locker room and staring mm-hmm. at them while they shower. Yeah. There's the problem. Mm-hmm. There's a huge problem. Are you a man? Or are you a woman? I'm not even saying you are a gay man. I mean, I mean, I mean, a, a gay woman. I mean, you are just no. You are like a stalking man looking at women. I mean, come on. Hey, predator, Mike, Michael, you you've been in lots of locker rooms. Yep. Have Have there been guys who have just stared at other guys while they're taking showers? Uh, you know. It's always been a place where you are, you mess around, you know, but the, the difference is, so we only had one guy I know of that was gay. Okay. Uh, he wasn't openly gay, by the way, in football, that's still kind of a, um, what's the word I'm thinking of a, taboo. Um, yeah, taboo. it's like a taboo still in football, right? Even though it's, you've had a few people come out, but it, there's only one openly gay player, I think playing in the NFL right now, but Everyone kind of knew he was gay, but he never said it. Um, yeah, he came I, out. He came out afterwards, you know. But he never, he never uh, went and did any of that, or did anything to make it like, you know, anyone uncomfortable. Um, here's the other thing: he was also the kicker, and he was one of the smallest guys in the locker room. So it's a lot different than the <laughs> vice versa, where you have a man going into a woman's exactly. locker room in the same scenario who is actually stronger and more physical. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy wasn't going to do anything to anyone or force anything on anyone, or he kind of had to watch his own back. Cause good. Like it's kind of like if he was a tackle, then it would be a different thing. You know, he might boast himself a little bit more, but something yeah. a lot of people don't realize is if a person considers themselves transgender, they should be chemically castrated or have their junk removed and new junk put in place to be a woman. Okay? But on the other hand, the people who scream about wanting to be equal to men also are the women who actually want to be known for their mother figure of let my kid play she's just as good as a boy is or let my daughter play because she's just as good as a a, a, a regular adult her size and a lot of these people are just sitting there playing along and not wanting to get involved in it wholeheartedly. They want to sit there like like this this swimmer. Mm-hmm. If he was staring at my daughter and I found out about it, I would be seeing him in the parking lot and he would be staying there the rest of his life, <laughs> however long that might be. Because hey, Michael. 
he is he is he's parading himself around as a man yeah and Um, that should not be tolerated at all well well he's not I, I give it, I'm going to come back to that. I want uh, John wanted to say something. Then Saturday had, was was in the middle of saying something. But uh, go ahead, John. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, we all know that the right answer is that it's not a level playing field, and that there needs to be, if they want to compete, you know, some type of trans competition. The issue is that everyone knows that there there would never be enough people to have any kind of competition with because the trans population is such a small infantile part of the population that there would never be enough people to actually compete in competitive sports with a you know transgender female swimming team so that's the dilemma i think that the ncaa is trying to come up with and yes you know they set the rules but it is not a level playing field. And that's where they are you know, doing a disservice to real biological women who, like you said, have trained all their lives. And mm-hmm. you know, I got into a huge discussion with someone on Facebook about this where they were saying, oh, Leah was taken you know, uh, three, she went beyond the one year of testosterone block or the hormone blockers that the NCAA required. And it, you know, made her less strong and all this stuff. That that's great, but it doesn't diminish all the biological, physiological things that have mm-hmm. taken place in Leah's body during puberty. Like you said, she's six yeah. four. Her arm length stride, her stride, her lung capacity is that of a man. So right off the bat, he has a clear advantage. She has a clear advantage over the female competition. Her heart is. That, that of a male heart and is larger and can, can pump more blood through uh, Leah's body than the female competitors. So it's an un, it's not a, a, a even playing field and it will never, sadly, for the transgender community, if we all become woke and, and allow this to happen, it's completely unfair and there will never be you know transgender sports because there simply are not enough players. Yeah, I'm going to hit back on that here in a second, but go ahead, uh, Saturday, because I know you were in the middle of saying something. Yeah, no, I guess I was just going to say, so like, there, there's, there, I'm sure in your minds, there comes a time when men are girls and boys can't compete against mm-hmm. each other, right? Like, yes. you would say probably like in elementary school, middle school. Late um, elementary, because there is a time actually, especially where girls are actually, you know, bigger and stronger and faster because they develop quicker. So, you know, like your elementary school, you'll see girls that are, you can easily compete with, with the boys. But, you know, once you start getting into middle school, that's over with. I mean, it's, oh. it's, it's long gone. Some, something. Hold on. Right here. I'll, What's I'll, that? I'll, I'll agree to that. So, but there also is teams don't our girls teams don't exist right in some high schools and so really say, say that again you you kind of broke up there sorry you kind of like broke uh, up there say, say that again real quick hey i'm sorry um i guess my point is sometimes in high schools there are no girls teams so girls have to play on the boys team should that not be allowed here's uh i see what you're if they saying qualify 
if they yeah, can qualify well, with the boys. I mean, yeah. why put a girl, a smaller girl in, say, basketball or football or baseball that can't do as well as the worst boy player on the team? There, some women point. will do that and they will try to infiltrate the area just to have a name. And knowing that, you know, even the even the wimpiest boy on the team can outswing the girl with the baseball or take care of the same position on a football team or basketball team as the girl can, if not 10 times better. I mean, look at the guy they're talking about from the swim team. He was number 300th in the university on the men's side. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. He was way, way down on the list. But he goes to the girls' team and he smashes it. Mm-hmm. That there should have told him, no, you can't be swimming with the girls anymore. You'll have to go back to the boys, even though you think you're a girl. You still got everything the boys have, so you have to play with the boys. And I will say this, you know, if she could, you can make, here's the thing. The standard, the men's standard is higher than that of the women's when it comes to physical competition, right? They run faster, they jump higher, they they are more physical. We know this. If a woman is able to go and compete with the men, like you, you know, let's say you brought a girl playing on a, a boy's team. If she's able to compete, like actually compete, that is a lot more understandable for her to be on a men's team than a man who is not very good at the men's level, but is going down to the women's level and is dominating because you're, you're reducing the standard. One thing I've always said uh, is I never understood why the military, they are, they've wanted to put women in combat roles, but they allow the women to maintain the same standards women have to abide by to pass, whether it be basic or whatever it is, right? Which is lower than the, the men's standards. Well, if you're going to have women go and pass training based off women's standards, but have them doing the same job that a man is uh, going to do, but has to you know, qualify for that job passing higher standards, then you're basically saying that, well, we're just making you uh, do these harder things because you're a guy. But the true standard to be able to go to war is actually much lower than that. And that's not I don't think that's right. Right. If why, does, why does that confuse you? Because, okay, if should if we're going to send someone to war, let's say, and I know Raccoon is a veteran, maybe he can back me up on this, but if you're going to send someone to war to combat, you're making them uh, pass certain standards. Like if it's a man, they're making, uh, they got to pass certain standards. What you're basically saying is these are the minimum physical requirements and mental requirements it takes to be able to go and be successful in combat. And then you have the women who have slightly lower standards. And they're trying, and if you're going to put that woman in the same combat role as the man, then why aren't you making them abide by what you have, um, you know, suggested are the minimum standards? Why are you allowing them to get by with even less? Then couldn't the man uh, also not have to do as much, uh, you know, as difficult training? Because... You're you're lowering what you are saying the successful requirements are, or the sorry, the minimum requirements are to be successful in that job. 
Right, but there's not like a one-on-one correlation. It's not like everyone who runs an eight-minute mile, if you can't run an eight-minute mile, you're going to die in combat. So it's, it's not like no, a one-on-one. No, but there's more to it. It's not just an eight-minute mile, right? It's also how many pull-ups you can do, how many push-ups you can do, how many, uh, you know, can you right. can you uh, carry 100 pounds of, of equipment on top of your back, you know, for 10 miles? or And can you maintain certain, uh, you know, mental levels while being fatigued in a, in a situation where you don't have a lot of resources, right? You know, like they talk about the also, training. Also, and, go ahead. Also, Mark, you also have to look at women's physiology. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the desert, she can retain more water than a man, but when she's in combat and her period comes around, will she stress out and shoot her foxhole buddy? It might be a male that, just made her mad just well, saying something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know if it'd ever be that serious. I, it, I don't think there'd be that. <laughs> it does problem. get that women, serious, you, Mike. I've seen it. I've seen well, it. Here's the thing. Israel <laughs> allows women to fight. Israel allows people to fight, women to fight in combat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because Raccoon is saying that men never shoot each other because they're mad. No, I'm not saying they don't. Men, I'm not saying they don't. What I'm saying though is our army has dropped its standards for men because women have to compete for infantry jobs now, and they get into the infantry not really understanding that they're going to have to fight 24 hours a day for the next two months. What are they going to do? Are they going to cower? A lot of guys cower at that. Exactly. I mean, stress is terrible. Exactly. But guys do it you, too. So what's, That's what, what I'm you saying. But I think, I think the thing of it is... I think thing the thing is, do you want a mother getting killed in combat because she wanted to be an infantry soldier and couldn't handle it? Are you okay with that? I'm not. I want to say the better argument to this, though, is not so. I, I'm. I get the standards, the physical standards, right? As far as being able to uh, meet those minimum requirements to be in that situation. If she's able to meet them. I'm okay with that. Again, I'm not a combat veteran like Raccoon is. I'm just telling you the way I see it. But now when it comes to like the transgenders in the military, you understand they are on hormone treatment, consistently on treatment and medications to keep them mentally level and physically level, right? Now you're putting someone out there that has uh, a need for certain treatments that they may not have access to on the front lines. And now you're actually uh, taking away the readiness of our combat uh of our, you know, our, to your knowledge, is that the only um, only situation that arises? Women who are transgender? Well, that's just that's my thought on it. And the reason, no, it's not the only situation. But I, the reason I have that argument is let's take someone like myself, right? Uh, I've taken Adderall, and I'm very physically fit. I could, you know, I mean, by physical requirements, no problem. Probably go and be in that situation, but they wouldn't let me join. Because I've taken Adderall, they see I may have a dependency on it, and they may not be able to uh, get that to me out in the field. So they don't want me having withdrawals, if you know, because uh, a lot of people have dependencies. They don't want drug addicts out there having withdrawals, right? It's not just transgenders; it's uh, it's anyone that may have a dependency for either certain treatments or certain um, certain needs that they can't just you know have readily available on the front lines, but when you point out the transgenders, now you're deliberately taking someone who has those needs and you're 
allowing them to go and partake and you're making it more difficult either logistically or anything like that you know you're just you're adding to that it's it's all the same i'm just pointing that specific scenario out were you gonna say something saturday no no no, no. I, I i just think it's I think somebody said it's it's really not that big of a deal. Um, there's off a, a lot of discussion about it. Um, mm-hmm. There was discussion about it before the um, University of Penn swimmer won won the thing, yeah. but it just seems to have amped up because now you actually have a, a, a history or you you have something to point to, right? Before it was all theoretical, yeah. and. Well, now, she won a title, right? She was she's a champion now. Yeah, yeah, but I guess just real quick, I mean, so she was ranked whatever 300, 400th. I heard a bunch of different numbers, but mm. I I guarantee you, there's uh the number two swimmer or whatever is probably better than the six hundredth or seven hundredth male swimmer, right? Just looking at numbers. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the oh, I don't know. I don't know what the times are. But if you, but I, you know, I, I, I used to run track, so I and I keep up with track stuff, and I showed the numbers uh, on that, right, and the statistics on that. There were over eight hundred high school boys in uh, track that ran faster than the fastest woman in the United States. Well, do well, you do you know what the world's record for the hundred meter dash was in like nineteen twenty? Well, it gets faster, but the world record time now is nineteen is ten forty nine. The fast the men's uh, hundred meter record back in nineteen twenty was faster than that. Uh, in hell, no, it in was, nineteen, it wasn't. What was it? What was it in nineteen twenty? It was ten point six. Was it? So uh, it may have been, but then you know, ten years afterwards, uh, what's his name? Um, the black yes. guy that went over to Germany crushed that. Right, Jesse yeah, so, Owens. Yeah, yeah Jesse so, Owens. Yeah. So eventually it does get, you know, better. But, but it's all relative with the time and training, right? Because women's 100-meter times were far slower than as well. It's, right. it's not. I, I would argue that the women's record has probably gone down more than the men's record. And it's because of opportunity and, and other things. So, we're, I mean, we're, the we're men, talking. The women's record still almost a second apart in the hundred meters and it's more than a second apart in the 200 meters. It's like two or three seconds, you know, so it, it is a substantial gap. Now I will say this when, especially with track, when you go farther in distance, okay. The, the times between the men and the women actually narrow for the events. So like if you look at the marathon, the times for the women and the times for the men, if you take it as like a, a, a percentage difference, are actually far tighter than they would be like if you took the difference between the 100-meter records. For ultra marathons, you have uh, women like Courtney DeWalter, who's a complete badass and actually wins those races against men. And they'll still have men and women winners, but she'll actually win those races. So there are certain um, events there where women can compete. But how can you explain that? How can you explain that physically, based on everything that you said? So, from what I've read on this, have you ever ran? Has anybody ever ran a marathon? I ran one, and let me tell you something. 
unless you prepare for it completely by practicing an awful lot, your chances of even finishing halfway through it is very, very low for most everybody that goes there. Well, I'm and talking about we're talking about world class athletes. Walking through it, yeah, we're talking about world class that world class athletes. So, like, I'm talking actually, about world class yeah. athletes because they're out there pumping away as fast as they can to win. I mean, look at the African guy who won it how many times? Eight or nine times? Yeah, uh, Elliot Kipchoge. And he beat out everybody by a long shot because he came from a country where he could run forever. Okay, mm-hmm. but the thing of it is, is like. Like you were talking about earlier, minimum requirements are only a guideline to tell you, okay, you passed it, but you need to improve to keep the job, Mm -hmm. okay, in the military or in the civilian world. When you have a minimum, if you only maintain that minimum, you're a quitter. You're a quitter. Mm -hmm. For the simple fact that you do not want to advance. Now, mm-hmm. people who are in sports, they want to try real hard to win. They keep going at it. But when you get somebody who comes in who is biologically not in their class, a lot of them are just going to say, well, you know, I ain't never going to win this damn thing, but I want to participate. So they do what they know, like what they call as a participating minimum. Now, the girl who came in second place on the swim meet a while back, she wanted to beat the guy, but she knew she couldn't, but she was going to try anyway to get the best time she could ever get. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with every everywhere. There are some people who are like the woman who runs marathons and beats men a lot. She strives mm-hmm. to do that because she wants it. A lot of people don't really want it deep down in their head to pass and demand uh, a finish that they can stand with. They want to just go in and compete and say, yeah, I was there 50 years from now. Okay. Others that go in there and say, yeah, 50 years ago, I'd run against this guy or this woman and I tried my damnness and I almost got there, but they were a little bit too fast. I didn't mm-hmm. quite get it. I grew up around the marathoner and this guy, he was awesome, but he never won every race he had. And there's mm-hmm. a few women who actually beat him just because of the fact that maybe they had a little bit more of something that he didn't have physically that helped him get there. But to say that somebody can be a transgender person of wh- whichever side they fall from, doesn't mean that they should always be the one to lead the pack. They should be in their own classification. It's just like with anything else. You have a classification. It's like stock car racing, for example. Mm -hmm. A lot of people can't stock car race because why? They don't have the endurance to sit behind the damn seat. Mm -hmm. So they don't do it. They can't get that. You know, any sport you want to talk about is like that. Baseball's like that. Football. All of them are like that. If you don't mind, Rick, and before we get too far off the topic, I would Mm -hmm. like to hear Michael's thoughts on what he brought up, and I appreciate him bringing it up, that Mm -hmm. the woman ultra marathoner who's, you know, consistently beating men, Mm -hmm. 
because we've talked about physically men are superior to women, mm-hmm. essentially what we're saying. How is that possible? So it goes so f- when he, when you start talking about the endurance, like that kind of deal. Um, again, more times than not, she's getting beat by uh, men, right? Especially with the harder races, but she does quite often will win. Um, I think the further out you go with these races, there are so many different factors that play into it. You have first of all with the ultra marathons, you have a whole logistical uh, uh, side to it. But you also have a toughness side to it. The 100 meters isn't a toughness race, right? Anyone can go run for 10 to 11 seconds. Just not everyone can run as fast as each other for 10 or 11 seconds. There's nothing very difficult about it. The farther you go, though, um, the more you have to be mentally prepared. And this is a fact, okay? Women, I think, actually have a far higher pain threshold than men. So some of that toughness deal where maybe they can push through certain things uh, in these longer races that actually uh, provides a benefit because they may not be cranking out the five minute miles, but they may be able to do a little bit slower, like a seven minute mile or, you know, the ultras that are running like, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 minute miles, uh, you know, and they can just keep that going where some men may try and just pump it out and and go fast but then they they just say they're not tough enough to finish or they there's a lot of injuries that play into it too where people don't finish that were ahead of them there's so many factors when you talk about the ultra marathons but the marathons uh look women still aren't competitive in the marathon with men and i'm not talking about just everyone running marathons i'm talking about the ones that are doing the olympics that are actually competing and trying to make livings you know the ones that are uh the front group at the boston marathons the you know, the Olympics, yeah, your professionals that actually, that's what they do. The women aren't competitive with the men still, there's still a gap, but the gap does tighten, uh, as far as relative time difference. Um, because you understand a a one second difference, uh, in the 100 meters is, I mean, that's just crazy. substantial. That's a long way. Uh, but then, you know, a 20 minute difference. I don't know what the, I can't remember. I know Ellie Kipchoge obviously broke the two hour mark in the marathon, but he did it with, it was kind of set up for him to do that, but he still ran like a 201 um, marathon. He still holds the world record in the marathon. I think the women's is maybe 220, maybe just under 220. Uh, so there's still a 20 minute difference there. I don't think you'll qualify for the men's Olympics running a, uh, 220 marathon you'll have every every man i believe in the olympics has beaten the woman's world record for the marathon to qualify for the olympics i may be wrong on that but if if i'm wrong it's very close it's not far off because it is very hard to to qualify good something a lot of people don't realize and especially with ultra marathoners and just marathoners in general how you finish is also about what you're eating and a lot of your professionals and guys and gals who do a lot of it, they adjust their diet for the starches. They need to finish as sugars while they're depleting their body rapidly of all the nutrition. Okay. A friend of mine who is a professional, he said, I bone up on at least a half a pound of starches 
mainly in pastas because they last longer in his body. And the next day he'll run a day on marathon like crazy. And he's a, he's a damn good runner. And, uh, he has, uh, he, he has a diet down and he has the, the, uh, uh, the, the shit, the mineral and vitamin supplement that he needs because he's done it for so long and done it with such guidance from others that he was able to tweak it for his own body. And that's what some of these people do. They can do that. They can, I mean, woman runs and beats a man. Yeah. Okay. Now put her in a rank with the top professional athletes ball and see how they finish the race. Now, most of them will do those 10 minute and 12 minute miles halfway through because they got to save up the energy for that last two mile kick that they got to start doing to finish that last 200 yards in a breakneck speed that they can attain. But to, to be able to say who's a better athlete or who should be in this and who should be in that, it all comes down to whether you're male or female, regardless of how you feel about it. Males are always going to outperform women with stressful activities. But you do have those certain people who manage to come out of nowhere to beat the males or to beat well, and I, whoever and I they're say, running against. Yeah, and I want to say this with when it comes to the ultra marathon aspect, right? A lot of the ultra marathon races, and I think Saturday dropped off. I wanted them to hear this, but a lot of the ultra marathon races are done in altitude through mountains, right? A lot of those courses, Courtney DeWalter isn't actually, I don't, I, as far as I know, she's not winning the races that they'll, they'll go and they'll, these crazy ultra marathoners will do around a track. Well, they'll just how many laps they can get in, um, around a flat track in a day or 24 hours. Right. Or some of them will just go till they drop. She's not winning those races, but she is winning the ones that you're going through the mountains with altitude and stuff. A lot of that has to do with her being acclimated to that because that's a whole nother. There's so many variables when you go out in distance, right? And you go longer. It, the farther out you go, especially when it comes to running, because running is natural for all humans, uh, that, that's where the, the gap between man and woman starts to narrow. Uh, but, but when you go closer distances and you start putting in fast switch muscle fibers and you start putting in um uh uh strength, strength into strength. it yeah strength uh that's the the difference because like there's men there's women out there that are far more mentally tough than than men right there's women out there yep, that yep. Can have a, a far higher pain threshold and are tougher than men but they just may not be able to they're not as strong though right they're not as as fast and that's the difference uh, that's why you do see that, I believe. But just going back to, you know, with Leah Thomas and and all that, you're you can't it's very hypocritical. And John Gale, I don't know if John's still in here, but he brought up um uh about how the NCAA may feel strapped because there may not be enough, you know, people transgender people to start their own event. He's probably right because the majority of these transgender people are actually making that transition, you know, but during that college age or older, they're not doing it when they're, when they're real young. So you don't have 
a market for the younger people, uh, you know, to have a transgender uh, classification. So it would only start in college. But then how do those colleges even go and recruit in schools? They say, hey, you know, you're a boy, but you could go be really successful in the trans in the uh, you know trans division. Just go cut your dick off and we'll give you a scholarship to compete. You may not be up to par with the men. You're maybe too good for the women, but you're you know going to be real good in this classification. You can't recruit like that, right? So there's he is right. There is not a there's not necessarily a market for that. But that's too bad, honestly. Just like there's not always a market for um, football players with no arms or no legs, right? Like you can't just penalize everybody and say, well, you have to allow two paraplegics on a, on your football team with two scholarships for because they want to play. No, it doesn't work like that. Some people just it sucks, right? Some people are born with with uh, mental illnesses. Some people are born with physical disabilities. Some people are born poor. Some people are born with terminal illnesses. It sucks, but that is nature. That is life. And hey, Mike. You know, yeah. Mike. Some of, some of the people don't realize, okay, this has been going on for at least 60 years. Now, when I got out on my first tour, I went to go become a police officer, okay? And I was told before I even got the, my hands near an application was, we have to hire nine women before we can hire another man, state mm -hmm. law. This is after you, yeah, you're talking about going into the private sector, right? You said after you got out of the I, I'm, I'm talking about going into the government sector, not not a company, okay. but I, a, I wasn't a sure. I just heard you. I didn't job. hear. Yeah. Well, yeah. whatever it is, it doesn't as, as a police officer. But see, they, the NCAA, you say they're a nonprofit organization. I Until said they're point supposed they are. to be. It's supposed well, to be. It's supposed yeah. to there right they get their money from the from the the universities that they service yeah. and i say service by giving them the best athletes for certain ones they'll go to the ghetto find the best basketball player or go out there to the wheat fields of kansas and find the best baseball player mm -hmm. i had a professional athlete who was served in two two seasons with the cubs before he got in a horrific traffic accident Okay, and he came out of the the Dagon Fields of Indiana, and he was a good baseball player. The only problem was his batting average wasn't up very good, but he was a, an excellent first baseman. Mm -hmm. And then he became a pitcher, and then for some weird reason, somebody else from the same Dagon, uh, uh, we'll call it organization, the same team ran head on into him at 69 miles an hour back in the 60s. Mysterious, maybe. I don't know. But what I'm saying is they hunt for these people and they say, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get you a car. We'll get you a place off the campus. We'll do this. We'll do that. But you can't be a professional by going on uh commercials and stuff but we'll give you a lot of stuff if you're a good player Sorry. i mean we have we have kids right now on both sides of the fence 
that are sitting there saying, I'm going to be a basketball player when I get out of school. And they've been pressured into this crap by the TV set. You got to be like LeBron James. You got to be the new Mickey Mantle, or you got to be whoever the football players are. The next up and coming. You got the height, you got the strength, you got the shooting ability, whatever. But they never make it because their their dreams get dashed down because they either they can't go into college and be picked by a team from a college who gets a lot of draftees going into the teams. You know, a lot of this crap, we have to look past the narratives that they're throwing at us and say, why is it like this? It's for a freaking agenda to destroy the abilities of people to make them into something they're not. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of basketball players that couldn't even change a tire before they became a damn all-star player. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people are bred out of everything to be put into an entertainment field, such as, you know, the big numbers, mm-hmm. football, baseball, basketball, hockey, entertainment, uh, music, whatever. And they're promised the world to do this stuff. And then all of a sudden you never hear about them again, or they're one hit wonders or they crashed and became a B actor or they're, they never made it to the playing field. They're a bench warmer. But now, I will say though, getting money. I will say though, and, and this is me talking from experience, right? A lot of that, because you now you are right. You know they boast these these kids up, right, and and recruit them because they are good. And sometimes they come in there and they don't even play because they're also. Rec- Here's the thing: colleges every year, like if you get recruited, you're let's say you're an all state receiver, you go to the University of Alabama. Great. The next year they're trying to find someone better anyway, right? They're always looking to find someone better and replace you. Everyone's replaceable, uh, but a lot of that responsibility, though, raccoon, does fall on the player itself right and needing to understand look you're getting an opportunity to go and get your school paid for uh and you need to take advantage of that because not everyone statistically speaking goes to to the nfl in fact the odds are you will never see the nfl you need to go and focus on the opportunity that the the university is providing you you play football you give it all you got in football if you make it great but you need to focus on getting the education and leveraging the education that they're going to give you too. So it it, it does fall. And I will say this, a lot of schools, because I've seen this happen, do take advantage of the athletes where, Hey, you can't major in business. You know, we don't know. We, you need to remain eligible. So you're, we're going to put you in underwater firefighting and you're going to take yoga as a summer class, you know? So, uh, they will, um, you know, they they do do that. There's a big flaw. Like this goes on, guys. This definitely goes on. Um, but some of that responsibility still does fall on the athlete and having the understanding that chances are I'm not going to be a professional. Doesn't mean you you have to give up that dream. You still work at it, but you also need to uh, put focus on the things that do matter that you can control, like your education. Um, and yeah, like you know, DeGray area says, why not both? You can do both, but um, unless they're talking about something else. Uh, the, th- the, th- like, like, the thing also is, and I've seen this with people in college that I was around, 
a lot of them were promised to go to college on a scholarship and they'll tell you i didn't have to do any homework mm -hmm. half the time i didn't have to be in class yeah <laughs> the the school took care of it for me they get out they can't get a job because they don't have the mentality that they were striving to get to those classes or or i should say striving but leaving in those classes to actually be able to do what they were studying because they were intent on playing basketball or whatever sport it was mm -hmm. and they basically had their their grades handed to them to be a starter on the next team for the ncaa to have a collegiate draftee for whatever sport they went into you're and absolutely it's right a, it's a dog and pony show more than anything else you're absolutely it's, right it's it our modern day glad it, well it's our modern day gladiators fighting over a piece of uh, leather covered crap that everybody gets up in just like they did back in the day with the romans throwing your ass in there with a bunch of lions or other gladiators and seeing who's going to stand at the end mm -hmm. that's what it comes down to it's entertainment and that's mm -hmm. all the hell it is, is entertainment because that job is not, or that, that sport is not going to get that guy any further than the sport will allow. And anything he wasn't taught or never learned while he was in that sport will cause him to be in a crash course with reality. A lot of them uh, people who were involved in sports and were on starting on NFL teams and NBA teams are now in the gutter because they didn't know how to do the things like money management, mm -hmm. picking friends, or I don't need a $30 billion day gone mansion and 28 cars in the garage. Mm -hmm. They waste yourself away and they just throw them off to the side and say, next, who wants to mm -hmm. fill a spot? And and I agree, right? This it, it that is a problem that does happen one hundred percent, right? And I've seen it happen. I know it goes on firsthand. Um, but I'll I'll say this. I want to flip it though, and I often say this, and and I bet you no one has ever thought about this, but Nick Saban, someone like Nick Saban, has done more for the black community, all right, than. Anyone else, I can other maybe Martin Luther King, obviously because he had that whole thing, and then Abraham Lincoln for uh, you know with the Emancipation Proclamation. But other than that, Nick Saban, right, probably has done more for the black community than anyone else that any black uh, current black leader. That's for damn sure. Because uh, I want you to think about this: how many people have he, has he offered scholarships to, and then how many people was he sending? to the NFL and making millionaires out of them within a, a few years, right? Uh, sports and college sports in general, no matter which way you look at it, provides opportunity to communities that would have never, ever, ever had the same opportunities without those sports. They Sports are, are a great thing and they do... Uh, teach good great lessons but going back to like what raccoon says you know a lot of times these athletes fall into that trap and they do get tossed to the side um but you still can't say that they weren't provided an opportunity there to better themselves 
or to get ahead. And especially you can't say that they didn't, they weren't providing more of an opportunity than they would have. Um, you know, if they weren't playing sports. So, you know, the same goes back to the women thing and this thing with Leah Thomas. Yeah, maybe Leah Thomas isn't on a, a athletic scholarship, but again, there's only certain amount of people that can be on that swim team by law per the NCAA, not legal law, but by the rules of the NCAA. And he's taking up a spot for a woman that was trying to use swimming as a means to get into the University of Pennsylvania. And because, you know, they actually will award academic scholarships to people to these Ivy League schools that didn't meet their actual, you know, standards they needed to to get into the schools. Uh, They still had very good grades and they were still very good academics. But if they weren't playing a sport, they probably wouldn't have gotten in. Uh, oh my God, the gray area stuff. So they're taking away opportunity from someone who rightfully deserved that opportunity. So uh, it says, is there a minimum amount of players for the team to exist or participate? Well, like if the football team didn't have, uh, we saw this with COVID, right? If the team had a COVID outbreak and they didn't have enough offensive linemen, then they would have to reschedule the game or cancel it. As far as uh, swimming, that's more that's an individual sport so i don't know what i mean you could probably just get away with one competing in a few different sports but it wouldn't be worth the money for the school to do it because a lot of times those individual sports like tennis and swimming it's up to the individual but they also have like a team score based off of what the individuals do in their specific races um and and so that's how you get like, okay, MTSU won the tennis national championship, but the majority of the matches were sing- were individual matches, but they, they, they have a way, of, and same thing with track, right? They have team championships. Um, so, but it's all individual based at that. Uh, he says, like, tennis was required to have 12 participants to compete or the team forfeited. Yeah, I don't know about swimming, but there probably are minimum requirements and there's, Obviously, you know, you got to have at least so many people that a, a school can justify spending the money to, to <laughs> send them on an airplane to go compete somewhere. Uh, another woman to pay attention to is Caitlyn Jenner. She was woman of the year. I believe Leah Thomas was uh, trying to, they were going to give her that too, weren't they? And that's, and I brought that up earlier did, too. Did. Yeah. And I brought that up earlier too. Like, um, you know, that it's how can a man that's how disrespectful is it for a man or someone who's only been a woman for less than a year at that point? Because I think Kaylin Jenner got woman of the year right after she finished transitioning. Uh, it, going back to what I said with the physical stuff, Kaylin Jenner's never been bright, never had a period, right? Hell, she just got a, a new, a brand new, uh, um. 2019 uh, model vagina put on her and immediately gets woman of the year. That's extremely disrespectful. The question you have to ask yourself is where the feminist. So there was an argument. And again, going back to Solid Blue Sister show that someone made 
they didn't make the real the proper argument. They kind of overdid it. But they he basically said that the feminist movement and that push for equality was actually the reason for all of this. I would <laughs> say that the real feminists aren't the ones that were actually pushing for this. I think the real feminists uh, kind of phased out long ago, you know? Uh, and what you're seeing now aren't feminists. They're just self-proclaimed feminists, but they're really just these social justice people that have never played a sport, have never... So they're not actual feminists, right? The true feminist, um, I don't think they would ever be okay with this. How could you? Because it's... <laughs> It's not a woman that is benefiting from this. And I would challenge any true feminist to, you know, to tell me otherwise, but it's not, it can't work like that. It, that's like saying, um, you're about, it's like saying black lives matters and then saying that it's okay for a white person to come in and take every employment opportunity and replace every black job and, and all of the, uh, board of directors at the NAACP. That's not right. You know, like what's what are we trying what are we protesting for here? What are we what are we trying to do here? <laughs> are we just saying it and not acting they're, on it? They're or trying, like they're trying to drag down our society as a as a whole. Once they start this, what's next? They've been working on this for a long time. Now they got to the point to where they could start doing this and get into a limelight because people right now are stuck and glued to their Dagon TV sets and the, the internet as a whole for entertainment, and they just applaud all this crap. And if they reached back and looked at the Bible, they would see that there's only two, there's only two makeups. One is a man and one is a woman. And you cannot reverse what you were given. I don't give a shit how hard you try. You can have, it's like I've said before, you can put all the Bondo you want on the Volkswagen and make it look like a Cadillac, but you still got stuck with a shitty Volkswagen. Um, I said this last night to Jester on hit when he was on TikTok. I said, Hey, on the, on the, on a positive note, if the apocalypse happens, at least it'll, uh, clear up the whole gender thing. <laughs> Everyone will revert back to what their God-given gender was very quickly. It'll also clean um, up the gene pool too. Well, I don't know that because there could be a lot of bad genes that get lucky. Uh, hold, give me one second, Raccoon. I'm going to end the live stream <laughs> on uh, YouTube. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'll probably start doing more lives on YouTube. I've been doing them on Facebook, uh, but I appreciate Sly Dog if he's still in here for sharing the show. Uh, and I appreciate it. Remember, go subscribe, uh, share the show. We're trying to grow the channel. And we'll be back on probably tomorrow sometime maybe or Saturday. But uh, thank you guys. All right. Um, I wanted to – so I thought of something random last night. We're done with the – main portion of the show and what I want to talk about. We can go into your uh, little conspiracy stuff. Now, I got about four hours worth of uh, bullshit conspiracies last night. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Chris, Chris Wilson, I actually want you to call in because maybe you, you'll laugh at what I'm about to say in my little uh, uh, random thought I had here. So if you're listening, Colin, I'd like to hear what you had to say about this. But 
you know, uh, the whole depopulation thing. Now, I've never been on board with the de depopulation deal, but I know that it is a common argument. Uh, we had the vaccine. What if the vaccine was actually meant to turn people gay and that's how they were going to start depopulating the earth very slowly over time? No one would even know. Like, there wouldn't be no mass kill-off or nothing like that. It'd just be, you know, a gay society. No one's reproducing, and and uh, you're not keeping up with uh, um, the death rate. Exactly. We, we ain't keeping up with it right now. I mean, look, I mean, kids don't become kids because they've been terminated. Uh, wait, say that again? Look at how many kids aren't going to be kids because they got terminated, aborted. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, a whole different. 350,000. I don't know the number. It's a lot. It's an average. So and Richie says, don't realize right. it. So um, I can't remember where I saw it, but I'm pretty sure we actually went backwards last year in the United States with our death rate and our birth rate. Um, he said, don't get me started on your right to vax and not right to choose. <laughs> you can call him Pook. You're more than welcome. You know this, right? Uh, the abortion thing is something I, I rarely, if ever, talk about on the show. But, uh, and I don't really talk about the vaccine ever either. But I just had that random thought last night when Jester was talking about something with the vaccine. And, you know, we had got, we had, just gotten off the show with where Chris, you know, had, had talked to us for, you know, and I appreciate Chris being on that long and, and sharing as much information as he did. Uh, and it just had me thinking, I said, well, what if they were doing this, you know, and, and that'd be a way to hide it. You know, everyone's turning gay. It becomes normal and no one reproduces. South park actually did a little, uh, joke episode on that when all the people kept coming back from the future to find work and was taking their jobs. So they went gay to try and, <laughs> erase the people in the future i don't know why but this is a random thought i had so i figured i'd get someone's in uh take on that well you gotta ask yourself and i don't mean to be harsh about this but you gotta ask yourself why do you take the vaccine what's the reason for it to live longer when your ticket's punched you got to get on the bus regardless of what you're doing at the time or what you're thinking at the time mm. We have a natural immunity to things, and our immune system has been so scrapped over the period of 40, 50 generations because people are taught, you got to wash your hands after you do this, this, or this, or this. You can't do this. You have to do this here to be clean air. You got to do this here to have clean clothes. For thousands of years, that didn't make no damn difference, and people lived long lives. Some people didn't, depending on their immune system and how they could build it. Did they have other medical problems? But nobody's going to live forever, and very few people ever get off of this rock alive. It only happened twice so far that we know of. Um, well, you know, I don't... There's... I don't know why I don't like talking about the vaccine stuff. Probably because I was just so tired of it. You know, after two years of just it being shoved down our throats, I, I just stopped caring. Right, 
So I never really, you know, I talked about certain policy with the COVID stuff and, and all that. Jesus, Michael Jackson, you forgot to throw Tupac in there, Jesse. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it should be a personal choice. I know people have their reasons to do it. Uh, I don't know enough vac- about the vaccine to really have much opinion other than the fact that I think that it should not be forced on you. If you want to take something, take it. If you want to drink beer, go drink beer, right? We know that that's toxic. If you want to smoke a cigarette, go smoke a cigarette. We know that's toxic. Um, yeah, but, you know, don't lie to us. I, that's what I ask. Don't lie to us about it. Don't manipulate statistics. Don't uh, try and turn a narrative that is not just not only false, but verifiably false and obviously false. And this doesn't just go for COVID, right? This goes for uh, the Ukraine situation. This goes for the Afghanistan situation in Iraq, right? This goes uh, for policies that's implemented. The oil shortage. All of that. Food shortages, right? It's not that you're lying that there's a shortage of oil. It's not that you're lying that there's a shortage of food, but you're lying about the reason. <laughs> you know, that's the what I it's like, okay, if you tell me that there's a legitimate reason, even if you told me you're at fault, I'd be more understanding on there being a shortage of oil than you lying to me about it, especially telling me a lie that makes no sense. But um oh, damn it, I was there's something else I was gonna uh say with that. Oh, last night I saw something come up that supposedly our Congress has introduced some kind of legislation that will make it um, that will allow them to take campaign funds and use it for personal expenses. And I'm like, my first thought that comes to mind is says, okay, it's highly illegal to do that, but we know they do it anyway. So instead of cracking down and trying to end the corruption, you're just going to fucking legalize the corruption and make it worse and, and allow these people to actually truly openly be bought off. Like what? We should put max limits on how much. Um, I uh, look. I think I actually have a maximum I'm allowed to donate to political candidates because of my securities license and and because I work in the investment industry. I'm pretty sure it's like two hundred dollars or something like that. Uh, everyone should be held to that same standard. What does that mean? Well, if you want to raise the money, that means you have to get more people on your side and you have to be more popular with the people, right? And you have to appeal to more people. You can't just, but some of these candidates, you know, have like a, a 30% of their own party. They don't even have the majority of their own party that backs them, but they had the backing of these, you know, huge boosters and packs and, and all that. And they just outspend and out advertise. And now you're going to allow them to use it for personal uh, funds. Why don't you just say, nope, no one is allowed to make over a $200 donation and a corporation, no corporation of any size, is allowed to donate money from the business in the name of the business or in the name of any PAC uh, to a political candidate at all. Uh. If the owner of the business wants to make a personal donation, that's fine. If an employee wants to make a personal donation, that's fine. Here's the other thing. A business owner should not be allowed 
to even bring up, hey, are you uh, you should go donate to this candidate or even try and convince uh, another employee that this candidate is, you know, what's in their best interest for, for their industry. It, it, them talking politics is one thing, but when you're saying, hey, you need to go and fund, you know, this PAC or, or this candidate because he's going to help us stay in business, that's like a form of coercion. And that should be illegal. You know, $500, even if it's a $500 limit or a $1,000 limit, I'm fine. But that's it, and it has to come from the people, not a fucking business. That's how it should be, in my opinion. Uh, here's the other thing. I would even go as far as say, let's make it a hundred dollar maximum contribution. And that way they would have less money to actually advertise like on television and stuff. And then make their ass get out in the fucking community and actually go meet all the people that they're supposed to represent and do shit the hard way and do their own damn advertising or spend their own fucking money doing it. Like... Because a lot of the problem also comes from the money that's left over that they get. All they do is take that campaign money, put it right back into a pack, and they, they disperse it throughout the party for other people's campaigns. And I'm sorry, but if I'm backing a candidate, look, I voted for Trump. I backed Trump. I didn't back the Republican Party. In fact, there's a many, several people in the Republican Party that are representatives and, and senators and stuff that I can't stand. They're just as bad as the uh, a lot of the Democrats, if not worse. So I don't want my money that I'm donating. Yeah, Lindsey Graham is one pook. Him, uh, Paul Ryan. Yep. Uh, um, Mitch McConnell, another one. Right. There's there's a plethora. So uh, John McCain, all them. Uh, my money is to go to the candidate that I want to support, and that's for you to spend on your advertising or whatever you need for your campaign, not any other motherfucker's campaign that's a part of your your uh, your party that's in another state that I can't even vote on. So, there we don't need to, you know, make the, the laws more liberal around campaign finance. We need to substantially crack down on them. <laughs> substantially crack down on them. What's up, Eric? Um, I was also going to put in the chat where, you know, you know, like where, like for as a constituent where you wouldn't get any say because the Democrat and Republican parties have bylaws in place that dictate that incumbents get priority and that, and that, and that if, but, but instead of donating through the party, you, you had to figure out a way to donate through them directly. And I know in, and, and party leadership's not going to tell you that. Well, they should have – well, they, they already have a good job about it being kind of open. Like you can go on and look up all the campaign finance where they've gotten money from and who donates. But a lot of times it's coming from PACs, right? And uh -huh. and they they put it back in those PACs, and they have ways around getting it and keeping that money and using it anyway, right? They have ways to do it because they can pay their employees out of those those funds and all that. Um. You know, the other thing I'm not okay with, and this uh, was actually proposed in the vote, one of those voter bills that they were trying to pass, is using government money to publicly fund campaigns. Absolutely fucking not. 
Hell no. My tax money is not there to give to some candidate that probably won't even fucking win. And, and the, what they were going to do is they were, for every dollar given to them by a private person, a private donor, they were going to give them six times. They were giving them $6 for every dollar. They were going to match every dollar with $6. And I'm sitting there thinking like, what? What a waste of money. If they want money, if you're a good candidate, then go work your ass off. Go show the people why they uh, you want to rep- they should rep- want you to represent them. You know, get involved. Go. How about you spend time instead of dialing for dollars during the day? Why don't you spend time calling the people in your district that you represent or your state? You know, hell, some people are from districts um, here in uh, Tennessee. They could call every fucking person that lives in the district in one day. You could take 20 minutes to talk to, hold on, you could take 20 minutes to talk to each person, spend about four hours a day or three hours a day, right? Talking to each person for about 20 minutes. And by the, you know, six months to a year, you could have probably called or attempted to call everyone in your district for the majority of representatives. Um, well, you, you are spot on right there that, you know, with like the whole like dollar for dollars thing, you know, you know, they ought to be fo- focused on the issues affecting every Tom, Dick and Harry in their, in their districts. And another case I would, I would certainly encourage you to read up on Michael is that 2010 Supreme Court case of Citizens United versus the Federal Elections Commission. And you, you might get some really good info out of that. Yeah, I'll have to go look at that. Uh, I was typing Richie, Richie says, um, what if they limit the amount of money they can spend, say five million or something? Uh, you still got to limit how much you're taking in, not total. I'm not saying we need to put a cap on how much you're allowed to bring in through donations. You just need to bring limit, uh, put a cap on how much you're getting from each individual. That's it. Because if someone has the whole country behind them and they're getting, you know, hundred dollar donations from freaking eighty million people, hey, good on them. I mean, how can you, how can you argue with that, right? But um, and therefore I'm not going to sit there and limit their spending. You would say, I would say that if you have, if you have more money because you're getting money from more people, then you have, you have the right to go and spend more money and advertise more because you're already more popular in the first place, you know, and, uh, but corporations should be eliminated from the whole thing. Lobbyists should be eliminated. You know, like there's there's a lot of changes and small changes that could be made that could get rid of a lot of the corruption. Will it eliminate all of it? Absolutely not. But you can make small changes that could help um, eliminate a lot of that corruption that's going on, especially with the idiots that have been there for 40 years doing the same thing. Uh, I don't. I don't think I'm going to continue after this uh, show. Well, <laughs> well, if you do a show tomorrow, it'll likely be after Beans and Weenie. Yeah, well, it'd just be an improv show. Yeah, it won't be. It won't be at the. And, uh, um, and I know Beans and Weenie is on at eight thirty Eastern, which is seven thirty Central. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I know Felix is on at seven six Central tomorrow. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it would just be like an improv show if I do one. Maybe this weekend I'll do one. Uh, haven't decided yet. Yeah. But I do appreciate uh, your help, Eric. Um, and then I appreciate Raccoon calling in and Raccoon, uh, Solid JP Blue Sister. And Solid Blue and John yep. Gale. Yep, all of them for calling in. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that gift, Solid, uh, Solid Blue. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start shutting it down, Eric, if you want to plug shows in, but I've kind of uh, well, gone. Well, um, I, I don't see see anybody else doing shows this evening um i don't know if if, if jester's in the mood to do an impromptu show later but if he is be on lookout for him um don't know whether slightly might surprise us with the show you know to get us over our slightly serious withdrawals but i know you have ralph back tomorrow morning and um, the old man's podcast show and then john devito says he might do some shows up either tomorrow or this weekend and, and and next week as well um and I know Solid Blue is on Monday through Thursday. Plus, I know her and Bob Ramby have got that weekly Friendly Differences podcast that they're doing a show this weekend over on YouTube mm-hmm. and Twitch. And then Frankie yep. D and John Gale on it, their normal time tomorrow. And, and I want to say, like I said, Felix, real quick, and the uh, Weenie so, Gang. Yep. And I want to say, um, uh, Salbu Sister is going to be hosting. I see it. Salbu Sister is going to be hosting one of my shows coming up soon. I don't know her topic yet. We're going to discuss that, me and her, and then a time, but just be looking forward to that as well. Similar to what I did on her show today. Uh, And I think that it kind of, um, he said terrible idea. Uh, I think it just definitely brings a whole different opinion. Uh, But, you know, I do like having uh, a fellow conservative and a fellow conservative woman on the show that can come and bring some good value. <laughs> I'm just messing with her, but uh, I know she's <laughs> here. We go. She's calling it. <laughs> oh, I think man. she wants to call you out on it. Yeah. Hello. I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we will discuss it. Um, Saul blue uh, here this weekend about when uh, is a good time and what you want to talk about again topics open it's up to you you let me choose uh and you let me take it down a pretty controversial route today so i it's only fair i do the same for you as well and i am looking forward to it but with that said uh oh go ahead I was just going to say thank you very, very much. And uh, Michael, I so like you being on, on my show and you are welcome back anytime. Yep. Um, and you're doing the friendly differences this weekend, right? Do you want to tell everyone what time they can tune in on that? Eric was asking in the chat. Um, that's going to be 12 noon Pacific time. And we are going to be so um, uh, live chatting over Twitch, um, Facebook, and uh, the, and YouTube, and it will not be a long show like we were with that gun <laughs> control show. But you know, people have something to say, and we don't want to cut cut them off. But we have we are learning how to edit. So yeah, and it is Good. going to be on uh, COVID. Awesome, and I want to say also, you know, go subscribe to the Friendly uh, Differences show. Because I will say, like, they pick good topics, and we I've been on it twice. You know, Jester's been on it. We have very good uh, discussions, and Saul Blue and, and Ball do a great job at hosting that. Um, it's probably the some of the most formal debates and that you've seen, and it's 
it's uh it's entertaining but it's not over the top where people are just yelling at each other right so go subscribe to that i suggest everyone watches it you know it's you get both sides right you usually get two different views um and surprisingly you're not getting the same people that think the same way about uh different topics right it's not like me who kind of sides conservatively for the majority of things right i think that they actually have a good mix on you know well maybe Saul blue sister agrees with something here but not over here like so you do get a lot of variety on that but i do suggest it's friendly differences they have facebook they have a youtube channel uh i don't think you're on podbean right no not 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 okay. yet uh maybe maybe in the future uh, but well, and, um, and of course there's twitch as well and twitch yes and twitch so yeah, go subscribe to that. And yeah, uh, Jester, I don't know if I'm going to commit to one, one last yeah. thing. Also, we we did an, um, a a chat with Chill <laughs> yesterday that we're going to post next week. But um, that's a very interesting one because we were talking about we were talking about racism. We were talking about BLM. We I mean, we were talking about a lot of things. And that's another show that um, we want to do, um, and we want to invite people on to talk about um, the whole the whole BLM thing. And uh, Michael and Jester, you guys are welcome to, to come back on. Um, and there was a lot of pushback, you know, whatever. But again, we kept it on a you know, even kill whatever, but that's something that we are going to, um, publish next week. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm done. I just, I don't think I'm going to commit to four hours, may give you three, but I, you know, I, I like coming in and messing with, uh, Jester's, uh, TikTok. So, um, you know, if he Jester wants to go, just go on TikTok, <laughs> you guys are more than welcome to come in and read my, uh, my, uh, comments in his TikTok lives. So, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, guys, and I will see y'all later. Later.